Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Titletown, South Florida, the Miami Herald's high school sports show, episode five already, everybody, the fifth episode, and we appreciate you for joining us on this and making this show a success, um, whether you're a high school football fan, high school volleyball fan, or any other sport, we appreciate you catching us here and talking about the best athletes in South Florida, and we call it Titletown for a reason, because we win championships, so... If you're a frustrated UM football fan or Dolphins fan these days, you've still got the high school football, a lot of championship caliber football being played. And we're going to go over another uh, good week that it was on the scene this past week. Some big games that uh, we'll cover in this episode. I'm Andre Fernandez, the Miami Herald's deputy sports editor, joined once again by our sports writers, David Wilson and Jordan McPherson today. We got the trio going today for episode five. Guys, uh, let's talk about it. There you go. We're running it. We're running the wishbone. We're gonna get, we're gonna run the football a little bit, but uh, but yeah, some big games last week. We're uh, we're gonna cover in this episode. You know, we had the big rivalry game of Central and Northwestern, Aquinas and Dillard, Heritage and Western. We're gonna mention Homestead playing Columbus last week as well. And David had a good chat with Aquinas running back Jordan Lyle, who had a big game last week in that ball game. And then of course we'll have our pick segment, which everybody looks forward to, to kind of get on our case if we're if we pick these games wrong or not. But you know, we saw some of the area's best last week in four of the better matchups, at least on paper. But then they kind of turned into duds for the most part. They kind of turned into blowouts. And, and you guys were there for some of them. The best one was probably Columbus's 21-6 to victory over Homestead. And that was only close because the Explorers turned the ball over six times, yet still won. And that was thanks to pretty much the Alberto Mendoza throwing two touchdown passes, Cedric Irvin scoring and a stellar effort from their defense. But Homestead hung in there for a little while. Let's take a look. We have a clip of a goal line stand early on by the Broncos. That Homestead announcer, I don't know. He he gets fired up, man. I mean, you hear him probably from from the next county, the way he gets fired up when a big play happens. You're pretty close to Monroe down there, so you might actually – you might actually hear him in, in Isla Morada or something down yeah. there. But, uh, but yeah, it, unfortunately for the Broncos, though, who, who have had a good year and they're still 6-1 and one and hanging in there, but, you know, it wasn't enough, not enough defense, not enough offense, really. And Joshua Townsend being hurt or back and forth in that lineup, I think that's that's one, David, I know one of the kids we're, we've been impressed with. Yeah. But if he's if he's banged up for, for too long, then it's not going to go well for Homestead. Yeah, I mean that we talked about it too. They're obviously in the same uh, classification as St. Thomas Aquinas. It's probably the toughest. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough task for a school like Homestead to, to come out of there. But um, you know, uh, obviously neither, none of us were down there. Our uh, Peyton Titus, who's uh, writing for us this fall, was down there, um, and I was pretty impressed with the way they hung around for a little while there, just following the score. Um, I know they've got uh, 
I've said it a couple of times. They coach defense really well there. Um, and Townsend, you know, was first team all county guy for us last year. They're, you know, it's a, it's going to be a, a tough task for them to potentially knock off Aquinas if they get to them at some point in the playoffs. But I think, you know, they're for the most part seems like they are kind of what we thought they were, and that's one of the best teams in that classification. Even if they're not, we talked about it last week. This week was going to be a real chance for schools like Homestead, like Dillard, um, Northwestern to kind of show maybe they're in an even higher tier than we expected. For the most part, I don't think the tiers really shifted much this week, but we saw, I think that, like you said, it was the most competitive uh, game of the week. And I think it's Homestead is probably, um, you know, they're, they're not in that top, top tier, but they're, they're really good. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And coach Phillip Simpson, who was part of that Southridge championship team, that's who they face next in a game pretty much that can lock up the district title for them down at Southridge. But and they'll be tested again. Team. Yeah. Yeah. And Pierre Senate is the former Booker T, Washington, longtime and, Mar- and Miramar coach, uh, coaching the Spartans down there. But they'll be tested. Homestead will be tested again. They have Northwestern coming up with the GMAC week. So I think they'll be fine. And like you mentioned, Peyton Titus doing a good job for us, our intern this this fall. And we thank her for uh, her efforts and for, for getting us that video this past week. And now switching over to Broward County, I want to bring Jordan in on this one. Uh, American Heritage taking on Western. And... Western struck first, but Heritage struck much more often. Jordan, you were there. I mean, I think one of the questions people have had is, where has this Western offense gone the last few weeks? Yeah, it's been surprising to me, to say the least. I mean, I hyped up Colin Hurst and this Western offense from the start of the season, Colin Hurst being one of the more veteran quarterbacks out there in Broward. And there are two big tests this year, St. Thomas Aquinas and American Heritage. They've fallen flat. They went. They got shut out against Aquinas. They only get. They got 18 points against what against American Heritage past weekend. But their last two touchdowns came once Heritage already basically put the second team in. It's the main thing that I've been seeing a couple times. I've seen Western is their receivers aren't able to get off or just they're not able to get past the pressure of the opposing corners. They're relying a lot on the run game, which they have a pretty good run game. Chance Washington has been good for them. Matthew Wilson's been good. They've been a pretty good one to attack in the backfield, but it hasn't opened up the passing game like Western has been hoping it would. But on the flip side, when you look at what American Heritage has done, again, it was they went down 6-0, 6-0 early. Blake Murphy threw an early interception that Western took advantage of, and then American Heritage just did what they've done all season. They went up, I think it was, they were up 35-6 to, 35 to 6 in the fourth quarter before Western got back on the board. Blake Murphy had three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing. Brandon Innes did Brandon Innes thing, six catches, 112 yards, a touchdown on his 18th birthday nonetheless. Uh, Mark Fletcher, 102 yards and a touchdown. But the biggest key for me from that Heritage game was seeing what uh, one of their under-the-radar guys on defense, David Vidal, one of their senior linebacker. He had mm-hmm. seven tackles, one for loss. He blocked a punt in the first half. And he got an 85-yard interception return for the t- for a touchdown that really swung the momentum late in the first half. And when I got to talk with him briefly after the game and asked him just what that pick six was like, he he flat out said, "Well, I was gassed by the time I got to midfield. Thankfully, I had enough blockers ahead of me to take care of the rest of it." But that's what this heritage team can do. You talk about all the big names: Mark Fletcher, Brandon Innes, everyone they have in that on that defense: Damian Fagan, Damari Brown. But then you look at a guy like David Vidala, who's not that highly ranked of a recruit and not really on the on that buzz of it. And 
he's been one of their glue guys. He has 76 tackles in seven games, 14 tackles for loss. It's the guys that you don't think about from the grand scheme of things that's being that's able to help them get over the edge and do even more than they're already able to do. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit more later about David Vidala when we talk about our, our weekly high school polls. We put him up there as one of the candidates this week and well-deserved. But um, here's a clip from the birthday boy, Brandon Innes. Happy birthday. This is our gift to you, Brandon. This is what we got you. Here's a clip of your uh, great catch during the game last Friday. There you go. So happy birthday to the Ohio State commit and another win for Heritage as they keep rolling. One of three teams in the top six in the country right now, nationally ranked by Max Preps. So let's go back to Dade County where you had the rivalry game, of course, Central and Northwestern. But really, this thing is completely under Central dominance, Central control right now. This is the second game in a row that it's really been a route. Last year, Central beat them twice. The second meeting, 49-6. This time, the Rockets... 42 to seven all over Northwestern. And we understand Northwestern is a little bit banged up right now. They have some key guys that are hurt, but that even said the Rockets were dominant. And here's a clip of one guy. I think with all the, with all the stars that we talk about, all the big time blue chip guys on that roster, here's Corey Washington. Who's impressed me. I mean, he started us off as a kick returner and he's yeah. And he, and they are starting to incorporate him as an all around weapon. Here's a clip of what he did on Friday night. That one just set up a touchdown, but I know he, he caught a touchdown pass later on from Keon Jenkins, and we've seen and he returned uh, a kick also in the game, and he's done that a couple times already this season. You know, Coach Joseph was talking about you know how basically how dangerous he can be and, and a great get he would be for a school that that could recruit him. I mean, David, what do you think? I mean, this just shows you the depth that they have when a kid like that can kind of fly under the radar a little bit when it comes to recruiters and 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 still be such a key playmaker. Yeah, it's, it's kind of similar to the David Vidal thing uh, Jordan was just talking about. The top teams, obviously, you know, to be those top nationally ranked teams, you need some of the, You need a Ruben Bain or you need a Mark Fletcher or Brandon Ennis. Um, but the what there's a lot of teams that have a couple good four or five star recruits, right? But um, David Vidal, who, if David Vidal was three inches taller, he'd be a Big Ten linebacker, probably, right? Like, uh, same with Corey Washington. If he was a couple inches taller, he would be, uh, you know, he'd be as, as highly recruited as some of these other great wide receivers we're known for producing down here in South Florida. Um, and you know, the, the, the high schools that do it best here. Um, yes, they have their, their stars are usually the, the four and five star recruit, right? Like Ruben Bain is, was our reigning defensive player of the year in Dade County, but, um, they know how one they you know, they're, they, they know guys who can play and, and in high school that if you can play some of the stuff that some of the colleges will care more about won't matter as much. And then they know how to put them in great positions to succeed. You mentioned Corey Washington um, before he became more of an offensive weapon this year, he was maybe the best return guy in, in Dade County uh, the last couple of years. So um, yeah, you've got to have the depth of talent there and, and put your guys in the best position to succeed. And that's what central right now, uh, does better than anyone in, in Dade. 
And, and here's another one that Central has that we have talked about a little bit more just because he's in the high-profile position of being their starting quarterback. But mm-hmm. he didn't start out as a quarterback. He started out as a cornerback growing up. But gutsy kid. I mean, I think the only question that, that Coach Joseph has for us is, is Keon Jenkins ever going to slide on the run? I mean, for our sake, for, for entertainment purposes, we hope he doesn't. Take a look at what he did this week. And he did, he did say, I'm going to work on it. He says, I'm going to slide because he wants to be there in December to, to be able to try to win a state championship. So he needs to stay durable. Let's see what Keon had to say after the game. It can get crazy if you let a team, you know, hang in there. But talk about just the way you were able to, like, you know, take control early and then kind of, you know, Nate, step on um, the I would just say uh, my coaches and me, we really stayed calm, stayed poised. Uh, even though I threw an interception, uh, we really stayed in the playbook, stayed in the system. Uh, trust the offense, really. And we took what they gave us. That's all. I know. I know you said you grew up playing defense, but is that there? We get that fearlessness when you're running in the open yeah, field. Yeah, I'm really not an offensive guy, but don't don't take it the wrong way. But I like defense more. I like offense. But like, if I really gotta like pull up and hit, I'm hit. Yeah, it's like the third time this year that you've taken like four hits on a run. But like later on in the season, I'm gonna start sliding to get out of bounds. I gotta save my body for the next level and level after that. Yeah, the coach is telling you that kind of like slide. Yeah, they, you, you kind yeah, of hold, hold the get breath. Down, get down. Don't take it. Um, what what is you know a, a rivalry win like this you know and just the way you did it too do going forward for the team? Honestly, uh, it's a statement win. Um, we really showed the city who we're best in the city, best in the state, um, and I say uh, that helps us for our national national rank and stuff like that. And this defense, I mean, the way they can dominate and just shut a team down. What do you think on that? Seeing that from your side of the ball, that comes from uh, hard work and great execution day in day out throughout the week, uh, Monday through Thursday. Uh, we, the game for us is one on Wednesday. That's the last day of full pass for us. So uh, we log in every Wednesday. We're going to come out and dominate. And Jenkins ended up being named the offensive MVP of that game. As we know, the Commissioner's Cup is given out to the winner of the Central Northwestern game. The defensive MVP was Stan Quan Clark, who you wrote about recently, mm-hmm. David, Louisville commit, who now the Hurricanes are after big time. He had a, he had a sack in the game as well and, and led the effort. And switching back now, I want to go to back to Broward County and talk about the other game this week, which the score didn't show probably as lopsided as it really became, I'm sure, David, and, and over at, at Dillard. I mean, Dillard had high hopes for this game. And again, they strike quickly, kind of the way they have against all the elite teams this year. And we'll show that Chris Johnson uh, gets the score. Obviously, Chris Johnson, the best player for Dillard. And here he is getting on the board early. So they're feeling good about themselves, of course. They're up 6 nothing, And then little by little, the stampede of St. Thomas and their offensive line and their two running backs just takes over. And let's look at another play here. Isaiah Harge, actually. We're talking about the running game, and we'll get to yeah. that in a minute. But look at, this, look at this catch by Isaiah Harge. With the toe drag there, the toe drag swag there in the corner, it brings it in, and then it was all all the running game after that with Lyle and Sands, and they set up this pass with from Hezekiah Harris to Chance Robinson. This one put it away.
So there you have it. And Aquinas, like David and I have been joking, Jordan, I know you've been on a couple, one of these, but we, David and I, the running thing has been how Aquinas is kind of like the neglected powerhouse. So we talk so much about Chaminade and heritage. St. Thomas making a statement that they're yeah. in that. I think they kind of showed it today that what we've been saying is pretty much right yeah. on. I mean, who knows if they're as good as those teams, but they're clearly in that that same echelon. Um, you know, it was a kind of a classic St. Thomas Aquinas win, right? They just kill you up front on both sides of the ball, the depth, they wear you down. Um, you know, Dillard really couldn't stop the run for the entire game. Um, it was kind of like a situation where Dillard came right down, scored quickly. Um, you know, you thought maybe it could turn into a little bit of a shootout, but it just kind of was clear pretty quickly in that game that uh, they were going to have a really hard time stopping St. Thomas Aquinas and, um, you know, didn't do anything too fancy. Champ Harris, the quarterback, had a good game through, like she just threw a couple touchdown passes. But he also ran for close to 50, more than 50, if you don't count, took one huge sack that, that would count against his rushing yard. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're going to keep it simple, right? They're just going to be well-disciplined, well-coached, and they're going to block better than you're going to defend the run in, in most cases. Yeah, I mean, and you talked to Jordan Lyle after the game. Uh, let's uh, let's take a look at that interview as uh, he was one of the two 100-yard rushers in the game. Yeah, we knew we were going to run the ball on them, you know, they, we seen the soft up front, and then, you know, we just took advantage of it. Uh, I mean, you guys, this is a district rivalry game, a game you guys might see him again in the playoffs. Was it important to kind of set, you know, to show you guys could kind of beat them up front in a game like this? Yeah, we knew we were going to dominate. We knew we were going to dominate them since the beginning of the game when we see that the first couple of runs were working. So, you know, we just took advantage of that whole game. You know, the running back core over here is just great and amazing. I love them. You know, all of, all of us going to ball out. Yeah, it's obviously Jamari gets the, the first drive pretty much. And yeah. he's up to 80 yards on like four carries or something yeah. like that. But then you get the, like just the, the, that balance you guys have where you can hand it off from one guy to the next. How much does that help you guys stay fresh? And is, are there challenges in that? Too? Everybody's ready. Everybody's ready to play. All our running backs are ready to play. You know, if one goes down, next comes up. And we cheer, we cheer each other on. It's a brotherhood over here. Uh, I love them, boys. It, it seems to open up the passing game for you guys too. Yeah. Champ makes a couple of big throws at the end. Is that basically the objective here? Yeah, we have we have a great quarterback, and then you know we have some amazing receivers. So we're gonna block up front for them. So we're just gonna give them a chance to catch the ball. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, Jordan, you remember too when you were at Media Day. This was they, they had the running joke was that they have the they call themselves the Church Gang. Yeah, at St. Thomas. I mean, yeah. this is just reset and keep going, right? Yeah, no, it's just it's again, Aquinas is never rebuilding; they're just reloading. We've seen this year after year after year. It's why they have they have the state record for for state titles now, right? They yeah. got that last yeah. year. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, they've given up. 64 points overall this season, 37 of those coming in that first game of the season against St. Joseph Prep, haven't given up more than, they've gave up more than seven points once since then. It's just, St. Thomas is always going to be there. They're always going to find a way. And just a matter of, okay, let's draw a name out of the hat. Oh, this is going to be our playmaker today. Let's draw another name out of the hat. Okay, you're going to be our guy next week. You're going to be our guy next week. And it's just going to be that never-ending revolving door that's going to just, find that they're just gonna find ways to get a different guy out there and then 
you look at what they have left their schedule. They got four Lauderdale, Monarch, and Boyd Anderson left for their final three games before the playoffs start. So we should be just seeing this final tune up these next three weeks before everything gets everything starts getting real with the playoffs beginning. Yeah, spoiler alert, they're not losing again, at least until yeah. deep in the postseason from you know, if that happens. Type of thing. But uh but yeah, so let's um before we get to the picks though, let's once again salute some of the best performances in Dade and Broward from last week and remind everybody, and this is where Dave Adala comes in. We have our Athlete of the Week polls online. We put them up every Sunday, and they're open to vote until Thursday night for the top athlete in each county. Among the top performances this week, kind of similar to Corey Washington, another guy who's getting further up on the radar on a lot of colleges, Booker T wide receiver Xavier Irvin picked off two passes, picked up a fumble, basically did all that in the first half, helped Booker T build a 27-2 lead right before halftime before they ended up winning that game 41 to 23 Booker T has a big one that we'll get to when we get to our pick segment this week playing Northwestern on Saturday night and then you mentioned Vidala earlier with what he did with the block punt the interception return for a touchdown he's in that list of guys to to vote for in Broward County there's a few others in Broward too on teams that really are a little more under the radar that we haven't mentioned much this year so far Calvary Christian running back Reggie Haywood went over 200 yards Calvary's six and one this year, and Haywood's a big part of the reason why there. He's approaching the thousand yard mark. And then South Broward, who might win their district this year, they have a chance to now anyway, after uh Randy Phillips threw three touchdown passes and a 30 to 26 win over West Broward. So a couple of teams there. And then of course, we've mentioned volleyball. It's volleyball season. For those of you I know that are waiting for us to expand a little bit beyond football on this show. We have a nationally ranked team there too, guys. Westminster Christian is ranked 11th in the country by USA Today right now and undefeated. Gabby Arroyo, one of the architects of that success for that team, they just won their Invitational this weekend, so she's up there among the nominees. And also Agatha Gonzalez for Ferguson, as they repeated as GMAC Volleyball Champs. So go out there and, and vote. It's free. It's not behind the paywall. Vote as many times as you want. It'll be open until Thursday night. You can find those polls on MiamiHerald.com under the High School Sports page. And now our pick segment. And we'll start with the Columbus game against Doral, which that game will decide District 15-4M, which some people would think it's a foregone conclusion, but Doral has been pretty good this year, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Mark Wilder, unbelievable. I think if, if Max Preps is right, and it might be since all they do is run the football, that kid has over 1,300 yards running the ball already this season. So, I mean, that if they're able to do that, which is probably a tall order against that defense of the Explorers led by TJ Capers and and and, and Dylan Stevenson and those guys mm-hmm. would be a tough challenge. But if they can, that's their only chance. To, it kind of reminds me a little bit of those, those Columbus Belen games back in the day because of Delgado, because of the offense yes. that they run. But those those Belen teams used to run out of gas by halftime. Is Doral going to be the same way, David? Yeah, probably. I mean, Doral again, Eddie Delgado has done an awesome job there. Um I, I think, you know, they were a playoff team last year, be a playoff team probably again this year in a wild card. I haven't done the math, but the way they're playing, I would guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this Columbus team, we they, we saw it. They're in that that upper, upper tier um, where their district title is just one step on, on the journey of where they're trying to get. Jordan, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to have to echo David. The main thing for me is if Columbus is able to get off to a hot start, that run yeah. game that is Darrell's strength, it's going to get negated pretty fast if in the second half you're down the bunch and you know you can't let the clock keep running, you're going to have to pass the ball. If Columbus can find a way to not necessarily – they don't have to stop the run game, but if they can limit it enough 
while they and get on the board early, it's just going to make it that much tougher for Doral to compete in the game. So I'm going to have to go with Columbus. Yeah, I'm, I'm with both of you. I think maybe he breaks for one good run in the game, but this is going to be one of those where he's going to get bottled up for two, maybe three here and there, but that's about it. I, don't, I This is by far the better – the best defensive front that they've faced so far this season, mm-hmm. I think. So I'm, I'm going with the Explorers. So let's switch over now to, to Broward, where Dillard, two and three, the record's ugly, but we know Dillard is pretty good. Yeah. Their three losses are to the top three teams in South Florida right now. And they take on a plantation team that's been kind of interesting this year with head coach Steve Davis leading the way once again. The Colonels, they're ranked sort of in the teens of our poll right now. They're hanging in there. They're four and one. But this is by far going to be their biggest test. I mean, they, Dillard, I think, goes in there and kind of writes the ship. I mean, what do you think, David? Yeah, I think, um, you know, bounce back. They, like you said, they, they have a losing record this year. They, they want to win some games. And um, I, just the, the, the level, that the sort of athletes they have uh, on that roster, Chris Johnson, obviously, the, the headliner, who's our track uh, athlete of the year last year. He's maybe the fastest guy uh, on a football field in South Florida this year. Um, I mean, this is, yeah, I, I think they they might take out some frustrations on Plantation this week. Yeah, a lot of speed coming their way uh, from the, not just from Chris Johnson, but a lot of the, a lot of those speedsters like Reddix and others. I mean, yeah, Reddix. Jordan, Jordan, and their D line is is just yeah as good yeah. as it gets pretty much. Jordan, you saw you saw Dillard I think last year, didn't you? And you and you saw I mean it's mostly the same guys yeah. back. I mean, probably too much for Plantation to handle. No, I would agree with that, especially when you look at what plantation has done. I mean, plantation's record, you've got to commend them four and one. They've, they're gone undefeated since losing the Miramar 26, 21 to begin the season. But I just think even, I think plantation is going to give them a good fight, but I don't think it's going to be enough. You have to commend what uh plantation senior class, specifically quarterback, Amir Ellis, 11 touchdowns to three interceptions, uh, running back, Sean Williams. He's got, he's averaging about 10 yards a carry 380 yards on 39 touches and Jamari Hayes, their top receiver, 492 yards on 17 catches. They've Their senior class has done a lot to get them into the playoff conversation. But again, this is going to be a bigger test compared to what they faced so far this year when they go up against Dillard on Friday. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at Plantation, they may have a shot at the playoffs. So this is some, this is a building block. This is something where if they can hang in there and kind of learn from this game, but yeah. I, I think it's another level when you're talking about the kind of talent Dillard has. And yeah, Dillard at this point on a, will probably go on a pretty good role and then have a good uh, clash with Ely in the Soul Bowl right at the finish line mm-hmm. of the regular season. That'll be an interesting one. And now we go back to the Rockets, who, I mean, after they, after they dismantled Northwestern, here comes Norland, who kind of got dismantled by Booker T. By ranking and by name, it seems like a good matchup. The district title is on the line. But this could be a lot more pain in store for Norland if Central can establish what they did last week. Yeah, Norland burned me last week. I picked them. Um, I I like <laughs> I like a lot of their pieces on offense. Obviously, you were at that Booker T Norland game. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's gonna be Central. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing, in fairness, before we get to Jordan's pick, Norland, I think, got away from what their strength is. They they rely they 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 didn't, barely didn't run the football at the beginning until they were mm-hmm. down. 27 to two had they done that javin simpkins scored three touchdowns and they made it close in the second half but i mean it could be more of the same jordan what do you think yeah for me it's not necessarily who i'm picking to win the game because obviously central should run away with it for me it's more i want to see how norland competes in the game i want to see if they're able to keep it close or at least 
how how long they can keep the game competitive. That to me will give me a better gauge of what New Orleans is moving forward more so than are they going to beat Central? Because as of right now, I think we all know the answer to that question. Yeah, we're in a yeah. spot where all those inner city, the, the Traz teams, for the most part, are all pretty good and interesting. Yeah. And um, obviously, we know Central and Northwestern, we, Booker T, who we're going to talk about in a second here, I, I think, if I'm looking at the list correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, they're going to be a national contender again soon with Ice Harris there. And Norland, which um, is kind of sometimes a forgotten group, forgotten team, be, you know, Daryl Heidelberg, who's still there, won a state title there. Um, that's a young team. You know, their quarterback's a sophomore, uh, Simpkins, junior. Um, so they're a team that, that, you know, I don't know if the future is as bright as Central or Northwestern or, or Booker T, just because it's hard to, you know, those are the, traditionally those three are on a, a tier above everyone else. Um, but I think they're in, they're in a good spot moving forward, it seems like. Yeah, they just can't put so much on any of your poor right from the first snap. And it right. seems like they kind of just did too much of that. And Central's defense was all over him first two, three drives. And before you know it, they were pretty much buried. They actually did make it a competitive game, which begs the question, would it have been closer had they done that early on from, from the start? Yeah. And that, I, it'll be worse this week if that happens again, because the Rockets are just on another level. And yeah. then to me, that, that takes us to... That takes us to this game, which you just mentioned, Booker T taking on Northwestern Saturday night at Traz Powell Stadium, a good one on a Saturday night there. And before we do that, I mean, Northwestern, I mentioned before, they're without their starting quarterback, Teron Dickens, who's still injured from the collarbone injury had a few weeks ago. They're still missing their starting running back, Jamari Ford. That being said, it was still not close, but the one bright spot here and there, Adam Moore, their big tight end, was back and he made this catch in the game. Got a little, little taunting when you're down 35 by, by, by more there. But it's a rivalry the, game. Hey, could you kids are, everyone matters. Yeah, kids are going to be kids. And they might meet again. And that's the, that's yeah, the thing. They probably will. Each other again. So probably will. But, but focusing on the team here that they are facing this week, Booker T, like you mentioned before, I mean, that, it's remarkable how ice can just set foot in Overtown and immediately this thing just flips. And, I mean, besides Central – they may be the second best team. And I think it's interesting because this is kind of the game to prove it, but you're going to have your naysayers too, because people are going to say Northwestern's not Northwestern. They're missing some key guys. It doesn't matter. I mean, that, that Northwestern is a, is a team that a program that has talent, they have depth, they have a big defensive front, big guys up front on the offensive line. So they can put this a similar effort to what they did against Norland against this team. It's another way to show just how far they've come in such a short time. David, what do you think? I'm going to go with Northwestern here, but yeah, you, everything you just said is spot on. This is the Ice Harris, I'm back statement game if they win. I, I Even at, you know, even if Northwestern at full strength, this may, may not be as close as it's probably going to be this weekend. Um, you know, anytime you can beat Northwestern in a team that is legitimate state title aspirations, like that's a big deal. It would be by far the biggest win uh, since Ice has gotten back. I'd say that Norland win last week probably is so far, right? Like they're 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 trending yeah. they're trending in the right direction, right? They they're stringing together some good wins. They beat Edison early in the year, um, so I'm going with Northwestern, even with all those guys missing. I think there's just a lot more talent on that side of the field right now, um, and I I like uh, Calvin Russell, the quarterback. I I don't know how 
obviously didn't didn't go well for him on Friday, but he really impressed me against Columbus. Um, and he's just going to keep getting better, right? The more more experience he gets, not you know, central that had to be like a shock to him a little bit, right? Yeah, they 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 were all over him and really didn't really disrupted, didn't let him get much going. But it's tough because they blocked the punt early. They 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 really swung the game quickly, and before you know it, you're behind, and that defense is is that defense, and then they're teeing off on you on top of that when you've got Ruben Bain breathing down your neck every yeah. other play. It's tough for a freshman kid, especially who's still kind of raw. Who's not played running. wide? Who's not played quarterback? I think since he's he said since he's ten years old, like he's a exactly. wide receiver. So it's yeah. <laughs> so, let, let him have a year with uh with the coaching staff with Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater here, yeah, <laughs> drawing up more plays for him and he'll be fine. But Jordan, you've seen both of these teams and you've seen Booker T when they're when you you remember them when they were really good. Yeah, they're not. I don't think they're quite there yet, but they're very close. Which you know, in this short amount of time, is pretty crazy. No, I'd have to agree. Seeing what Ice has been able to do, like you said, in such a short amount of time, for them to be 7-1 and one, when you look through what their schedule was, I'm beyond impressed. I feel like that's still saying impressed is an understatement. And I'm going to go – I'm going to disagree with David. I'm going to go – if Northwestern was full strength, I'd probably be picking yeah. Northwestern right now. But I feel like Ice is going to find a way to take advantage of the opportunity – and they're going to find a way. It's going to be a close game, but I'm going to say that Booker T is going to pull it away in the fourth quarter on this one. Like that's what he does, right? So yes, that, exactly. that's what he does. It's he knows how to scheme to your weaknesses. Yes, in a right. way that I don't think high school. You know, a lot of and sm- it, it's the way most 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 high school teams operate is we're just going to play to our strengths. We're not going to change too much week to week. These are 16, 17 year old kids, but he he schemes to weaknesses in a way that um, I think kind of separates him. I'm I'm I think. I think this this is when it happens. I think they I think they they get their statement win. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I think a lot of people you know how it is now they're down on Northwestern. Yeah, they, they see the blowout losses to to uh, to Chaminade, to Central. But look, but you made a good point. Look how they looked against Columbus, even shorthanded. And Columbus is kind of to me right now on par. Booker T and them are sort of like similar where they are right now in terms of the talent level. This is going to come down to the wire and. You know, I think just Booker T maybe just makes those plays. I was impressed with their offensive line. I mean, I think they're not as big as some of these heavyweights like Shamanad mm-hmm. right now, but that's the missing ingredient. I think if he, if they go out this offseason and they get a few more guys maybe of that caliber, then they're right back where they were, and that's the one thing. So I think Booker T does pull this off. I think they, it's close, but it does happen for him. And, you know, the ice train rolls on one more week, and, and, and it's again, this is why it's a shame that Class 2M – is as clustered as it is yeah. because you have central in there and then you have a team like this, that if Booker T were in one of the other classes, if there were still eight, might, you might already be looking at a team that could win it all this year, but Again, we'll see what were, happens. If it was back in that four in the four a grouping where it was basically them Gibbons and Gulliver basically as the main three, right. it would have been without a lot, much different ball game going in the yeah. season into the playoffs. Like you're saying, Gibbons is another one. If they matched up, they don't play them, but that's another one where, I would love to see that Booker T running game try to try to run against that Gibbons defense at least. I don't know if given or see that Booker T's defense, if they could shut down Gibbons' offense that, that's been struggling, maybe that would give them a chance in that game. Who knows? But again, it, it's exciting to see how they've they've gotten back to the state's elite. Well, guys, well, thank you very much again for joining us. We appreciate your your viewership on this show and, and your support of this show. Five episodes in, it's going well, and we we hope you continue to tune in. For David Wilson, for Jordan McPherson, I'm Andre Fernandez. We'll see you guys next week.